1: Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Ryans, and today's episode is brought to you by Amazon.com. If you plan on doing any online shopping, first go to otrwesterns.com slash Amazon to start your shopping experience today. Well, today's episode is going to be the continuation of Horizons West. That's right, that saga of Lewis and Clark. Now, before we get into today's show, we actually have a special guest in today's episode. I was doing the editing and and was listening to the actors that play, and there's quite a bit that we don't normally listen or hear, and the first one on the list was a name I didn't recognize, Sebastian Cabot, and I looked him up because I want to make sure I get the spelling correct, and let me play a couple things that he was in, and you tell me if you recognize those things. Here we go. Many strange legends are told of these jungles of India. But none so strange as the story of a small boy named Mowgli. It all began when the silence of the jungle was broken by an unfamiliar sound. It was a sound like one never heard before in this part of the jungle... It was a man cub. Had I known how deeply I was to be involved, I would have obeyed my first impulse and walked away. If you didn't catch that show or you didn't recognize that, maybe you'll recognize this one.
2: This could be the room of any small boy. But it just happens to belong to a boy named Christopher Robin. Like most small boys, Christopher Robin has toy animals to play with they all live together in a wonderful world of make-believe. But his best friend is a bear called Winnie the Pooh, or Pooh for short. Now Pooh had some very unusual adventures. And they all happened right here in the Hundred Acre Wood. Deep in the Hundred Acre Wood, where
3: Christopher...
1: That's right. He was none other than the voice of Bagheera in The Jungle Book, and he was the narrator on many Winnie the Pooh TV and movies, so very, very cool to get him on here. Um, He's in many other shows, but the ones that stood out for me were those two, so let's get into today's episode and listen for his voice. Today's episode, like I said is going to be Horizons West. The original interdate, well, we don't have it, so we'll go ahead and skip that. But the title we do have, and that's called Dakota Winter. This is Chapter 3, again, Dakota Winter. Hope you guys enjoy.
2: West. Once it could have been the British, Spanish, or even the Russian West. It became American primarily because of the explorations of two young Army officers, Meriwether Lewis and William Clark. Their pioneering journey stands as one of the great achievements in the history of the United States. <laughs>
0: You're come out of there. You'll have those Indians swarming all over the boat looking for you.
2: Captain Lewis, sir, tell him I'm out hunting buffalo with Mr. George Gouliard. Uh Tell him my master, Captain Clark, took me to the village to meet the
0: big chief Black Cat. Captain Clark is coming this way right now, and you met Black Cat yesterday.
2: But, sir, I don't want to go out there.
0: We're spending the winter with the Mandans, and you may as well get used to them. You ought to be glad they like you.
2: The winter, sir? I won't be able to stand it that long. All that flexing of muscle and lifting every man over my head to show how strong I am. They want your York. Sir, I'm plumb tired out. Besides, I'm your servant, not uh, theirs. Go
0: on, you know you love all that attention. Get out, there and make them happy.
2: That's an order, sir? It is. All right, sir. But this time I'm only lifting little squaws.
3: Uh,
2: <laughs> he hasn't had this much
0: fun in his whole life. <laughs> At least not since we left the Arikara village. Speaking of Arikara's, where's Chief Kakawita? Talking with Newman, I guess. He feels sorry for Newman. He told me Arikara's would never whip a man and take away his warrior status for the minor offense of talking back to a superior. I tried to explain that Newman had also denounced the expedition, the army, the entire nation. But Kakawita couldn't see how that increased the offense. He, he simply doesn't have the same conception of nationality that we do. How'd he go with Black that? Oh, he'll hold a council for Takaweka.
2: We may arrange peace between the Mandans and the
0: Ricoros yet. I hope so. The only thing really bothers me, that agent of the British Northwest Trading Company, McCracken. He knows we know he's in the village, but he keeps on avoiding a meeting. The land is ours. Sooner or later, he'll have to come to us. <laughs>
2: West, the continued story of the Lewis and Clark expedition. Now with Harry Bartell as Meriwether Lewis and John Anderson as William Clark, listen to Chapter 3, Dakota Winter. October 1804, the news that Lewis and Clark had outfaced and overawed the Teton Sioux preceded the expedition up the Missouri River turning the belligerent arikaras into genial hosts, and now the Mandans, who lived in the Dakota country, into stout advocates. Only the presence of the Britisher, Hugh McCracken, caused the two captains worry. Here was a man who might upset their plans, depending upon the extent of his dislike. In the cleared area before the
0: rows of rounded earthen huts, A fire was crackling, and the chiefs and warriors of the Mandans had assembled. Kakawita, our Arikara friend, was in the center along with Billy Clark. As I took my seat beside Black Cat, chief of the Mandans, I saw Hugh McCracken standing beside one of the lodges. My people, listen. Men of courage and goodwill are among us. The white chieftains, Lewis and Clark, and their warriors of the United States. They will winter here. They will teach us their ways of peace through strength. They will bring us their traders to buy our furs and supply our needs. Now, hear the words of Captain Lewis. We come among you with greetings from Thomas Jefferson, big chief of the 17 states of America. We bring you protection and prosperity, only as long as they are fair and honorable will the traders of France, of England, of Spain, of Canada, be permitted to deal with you. For this, we ask only friendship and that you live in peace with the other tribes. We have talked to the Aricaras, and they want peace. With us is their chief, Kakawita, who wishes to speak to his Mandan brothers. Let him be heard. My brothers, I have made much talk with my people and great white chiefs. Wise men have made us see reasons why there has been trouble between Mandan and Arikara. Each time we have made war, it has been because of evil council of titan Sioux, who grow strong while we bleed each other let us resist
2: to deceit let us have peace let us smoke together
0: but what if this alliance is made and the titan Sioux frown upon it Will you do as you have done before and kill us because you fear the Sioux? No! No!
2: At last, our eyes are open. We will not fear the Sioux when we can come to you in friendship.
0: Hear me, people of the Mandans. Accept the word of your brothers. We, captains of the United States, Will guarantee this peace. If the Sioux attack, we will punish them. <laughs> My people, the great white captains have spoken. Pass the pipe. We will smoke. <laughs> During the next few days, we surveyed the area near the river above and below the Mandan villages for a suitable site for our winter quarters. And Billy Clark and I decided on a location which was heavily forested with cottonwoods. Looks good to me, Merriweather. Plenty of trees for building. No cartage problems. Remember how we built when we were serving under General Anthony Wayne? Every building was a fort and could be defended. And that's what we want here. Strong houses, a tall wall of pickets, sentry ramps, gun ports, visibility on all sides. We'll need five or six good-sized dugouts. What's the matter with York? Captain Clark.
2: Captain Clark. What is it, York? What is it? Chief Black says to tell you right away the Englishman McCracken is leaving. He goes someplace on the Asiniboine River. Back to
0: Northwest Trading Company headquarters. York, has McCracken actually left? Not yet, sir.
2: He's still packing.
0: I'm writing a letter to his superiors. I want you to put it into McCracken's hands before he leaves. Yes, sir. A letter, Meriwether? A brief statement of intent. We bought this land from the French. We will defend it. November temperatures in this north country were quite cold, down around the zero mark, oftener than we liked. According to the Mandans, this was mild weather. It would get much, much colder, as cold as 40 to 50 degrees below zero. Despite this, morale among the men was high. They worked long, hard hours in a race against the weather, building a stout fort Mandan, while Sergeant Gass and ten others worked equally hard on the dugout canoe. It is fine morning, Captain Lewis. Nakawita, how are you? I have been watching Sergeant Gass and his men. Making a big log into a boat is hard task. It asks much of the worker...
2: He must be skilled and patient. He must always see a canoe before him, not a log.
0: Sergeant Gass has all those qualities. So does your prisoner Newman, the disgraced warrior who will be sent downriver next spring when the ice has melted. He, too, has the fine qualities of the sergeant. Newman was given a fair trial and found guilty by a court made up of his fellows. You want me to nullify that? No, Captain merely observe him from time to time. Cold November gave way to colder December, but this did not stop the Mandan young men dressed only in beach clubs racing about on the ice playing a brutal game called lacrosse. Meriwether went out on the ice with the lacrosse players, not for love of Fort, but to learn enough to write about it in his carefully detailed cultural study of the Indians. He gathered much linguistic information about their speech, made up dictionaries to go with his summaries of various aboriginal religions, customs, laws, and social behavior. We had accepted Robert Frazier, the temporary escort, as a permanent member of the Corps to fill the vacancy created by the death of Charles Floyd. And we enlisted a young trader who stopped en route to St. Louis, Baptiste Lepage, to replace the disgraced John Newman. We still lacked a man to replace Moses Reed, the convicted deserter. When a heavy-set Frenchman of about 40 came to the stockade with his two wives and asked to speak to the commander. the thing I've seen, sir. Do you know one of your men is risking his life playing lacrosse with those savages? Well, that's Captain Lewis, my co-commander. I'm Captain Clark. What can I do for you? Uh, I am Charbonneau, Captain Clark. To Charbonneau. I have many, many years of experience in the wilderness, and I understand the geography of the Mississippi and the Missouri, and on the west, to the divide. Am With a French inflection, the words poured out a statement of his qualifications for a job. I watched him and looked at the two shy Indian women who had entered a few steps behind him. They were obviously his wives. One tired, middle-aged; the other young and pretty. The young one was in the early months of pregnancy. The Americans. Where my great experience and many skills can be properly used. Hello, Billy. Captain Lewis, this is Toussaint Charbonneau, trader, hunter, guide, interpreter. Uh, the ladies are his wife. Ah, delighted, Captain. Mr. Charbonneau wants a job. You told him we have all the people we need, didn't you? Well, I was about to. Oh, I'm sorry, but I heard you had no one who could speak Shoshone. Who said we needed anyone for that? Oh, there are the... Persistent rumors which we hear from St. Louis. Mr. Charbonneau, you imply that you speak the Shoshone tongue. Oh, no, 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 sir. No white man has ever visited the Shoshone, let alone try to learn their language. However, I can offer the next best thing in the person of my youngest wife, Saccajouia. She will accompany me. She speaks Shoshone because she is a Shoshone. <laughs> I want her in a game of chance from the Gros Ventre, some months ago, she also speaks English. won her in the game? <laughs> Five years ago, a Gros raiding party took her from the wrong people. She's pregnant. She can't go on a long trek. Oh, by the time the river ice melts next spring, she will have borne me a son. A baby can't stand a long trip either. Oh, this baby can, Captain, huh? He <laughs> will be French and Indian. And the son of Tuitain Charbonneau... You'll work your heart out if you go with us. I'm not afraid of hard work. And uh, hey, did I mention, huh? <laughs> I'm an excellent cook. All right, Charbonneau, we'll try it. $25 per month and keep. Uh, also, keep for Sacajawea, huh? Yes, yes, yes. Keep for <laughs> Well, Shabonur and Sacajawea helped us put the expedition equipment inside the new stockade. Our friends the Mandans brought us gifts of food, choice meat, vegetables and pemmican, and Indian dried meat food that was delicious. We stored all perishables outside the buildings where the below freezing temperatures kept meats fresh and a wooden lattice kept away marauding creatures. Hunting parties went out to augment the supply and one was attacked by a Sioux raiding party. Kakawita, the Arikara chief, was one of the hunters. Captain Lewis, there were only three of us. Fratton, Newman, me. Newman came only to load the pack animals and do squaw work. But his courage saved us. His courage saved you? What do you mean by that? The Sioux, nearly hundred of them, had taken our meat and two of our horses and had forced threatened to give them his knife. Newman threatened them and made them return the knife. Then they left. Thank you for telling me, Kakawita. Tomorrow, I go back to my village with three chieftains from the Mandans to smoke the pipe of peace with my people. Sometimes, men learn from their errors. <laughs> Takawita and the Mandan Ambassadors left for the Arikara settlements to the south of us, and Charbonneau and his wife, Sakajawea moved into the fort. The second wife, Otter Woman, did not come along plainly. Charbonneau had sent her back to her people. After a few days of shy silence, Sacajawea began to answer questions from me and from Billy Clark, as long as her husband was present. Sacajawea, is it many moons... From here to your people, can you go there on the river in boat. It is many moons. Then comes the big falling of
3: water over the steep bluff, making much noise and a mist like rain. Yes,
0: go on, Sackageria. The big fall of water. There, there must be a portage for boats around it. Come in, Black Cat. Come in, Black Cat. Help be with you, my friend. Help be with you. What has brought you to Fort Mandan? I am deeply troubled. English traders of the Northwest Company are in my village. There is bad talk from one of them called La France. They threaten you? La France says the Americans lie to us. All American trade will be controlled by the Sioux. Do you believe that, Black Kent? No, but others may. Our neighbors, the Minitari, are already disturbed. Where will we find this La France? How many members he bring? They are seven. La France is aide to the leader Antoine Laroque. In their trade goods they bring British flags and medals. Even now, this La is on his way here to speak to you. Uh, La coming here? It is true. Uh, you will
2: excuse me, gentlemen. No,
0: we won't, Charbonneau. Stay where you are. Now tell us why you're afraid of this La Oh, it is not fear exactly, huh? It is only that in past seasons I've worked for him. And he will be angry when he finds I have taken employment from you. You have a right to work for you, please. My friends, I must not seem to take sides in this. Not at present. You wish to go? Yes. Then go. You are a good friend. Thank you. Good day, my friend. We permitted Sakajawe to leave the room. Indeed, Charbonneau suggested it. And then the three of us sat back to wait for Laroque. So Do no, what sort of man is this Laroque? Uh, young, adventurous, greedy for quick profit. In many ways, he is the typical french Canadien who has joined with the English in the hope that he has chosen the winning side. Huh? He fancies himself clever and urban <laughs> which he really is not.
4: Captain or is it Captain Louis?
0: Both of us are here. Come
4: in, Laroque. You expected me. You know my name. Ah, now I understand. It was you, Charbonneau, who heard I was here and informed our American friends. Oh, no, 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 LaRock, no. But I wish you to meet my employer, eh? Captain Meriwether Lewis? Captain William Clark? I am honored.
0: Sit down, Mr. Larocque, and tell us what's on your mind. Hmm.
4: Does one have to have something on his mind to seek out the company of other white men in a land of uh, benighted savages?
0: You have come with seven men from your base on the Assiniboine. You have allowed your man La France to spread falsehoods against us among the people you call benighted savages. Captain, that is a most unfriendly statement. We'll expect you to put a muzzle on this, La France. and since Louisiana is now a part of the United States, there will be no distribution
4: of George III medallions and Union Jacks to the Indians. As you wish. I will give out beads and vermilions, which are more popular anyway. I am here not as a newcomer, but as a man who has for years conducted trade with the Mandans and the Minotauri. For several years I have used the same interpreter, but uh, now I learn that you have hired him. Well, we
0: might loan him to you from time to time. Oh,
4: that would be most kind. If Mr. Charbonneau is willing to course. Oh,
0: oh, I'm
4: willing if I receive additional pay from Monsieur Laroque. Oh, very well, Charbonneau. I plan a brief trip to the Minotaurese villages on the Knife River. You will meet me day after tomorrow in the Upper Mendon village. Provided, of course, uh, you can be spared for a month. Uh, that is agreeable, Captain Clark.
0: We'll be right here when you get back. Thank you. Uh, day after tomorrow, Laroque. Hein? Now, if you gentlemen will excuse me. Of course.
4: Uh, Charbonneau is good with the military because he understands them.
0: As long as his personal life doesn't interfere with his efficiency. Uh, exactly. May I offer you a dram of whiskey?
4: Ah, yes, thank you. I, uh, I couldn't help but notice your fine equipment. And, uh, you have admirably disciplined crew. Very so well, strong, capable of anything.
0: There you are, Leroy. My would thank you.
4: To your long journey. <sighs>
0: Our long journey?
4: Ah, you're exploring to the west.
0: <laughs> Seems we can't hide it any longer.
4: I'm an experienced man in the wilderness. Why don't you take me along? Are you serious? I am.
0: If you want to go west, you'll have to organize your own expedition.
4: (laughs) Perhaps I will. By the way, I have been reliably informed that Britain has a right of access to the Mississippi and Missouri rivers. You've been grossly misinformed. Both river systems
0: are entirely within the territorial limits of the United States.
4: Isn't that a matter for the surveyors and the cartographers to determine?
0: Captain Clark is a surveyor and a cartographer. For your information, LaRock, Louisiana extends to the northern tributary of the Assiniboine, the Capel River.
4: That's as far north as Lake Winnipeg. I find that impossible to accept. But it's a fact, LaRock.
0: You'll be glad to know that our president, Thomas Jefferson, has decided on a policy of free trade in Louisiana for the present. That means the English may continue to trade with the Indians as long as they treat them
4: fairly. I refuse to accept you as either a political or economic judge. However, I also refuse to quarrel. I thank you for the use of Charbonneau. I will see that our friend keeps the rain on his tongue. Good day, gentlemen.
0: Chabonneau went with Laroque and his traders, and during the month that he was gone, weather took hold of the fort. Even my big active dog, Scannon, preferred to stay indoors. On Christmas Day, celebrated with rations and a salute from the swivel garden, it was so cold that the river ice groaned, cottonwood boughs boomed like musketry, and the guard had to be changed every hour to keep the men on duty from freezing to death. And then one windless, icy day in early January, Charbonneau returned. Unsmiling, nervous, he approached Billy and me in our workroom.
4: Gentlemen,
0: sir. may I speak to you both? You uh, My friend, Larocque, says uh, he asked to join the expedition, and you refused. He's a good man. It would be of great value. to the British arrive. To us, of course. Oh, we can't take the chance of hiring a man so dedicated to British objectives. I see. Uh, there is uh, another subject, huh? When I agreed to go, uh, there were things we did not discuss and now you want to speak up you are getting two people instead of one we hired you not your wife we agreed to take her along when you asked yes yes but she will render valuable service remember she speaks so you want more money yes and i will not do heavy lifting or pull or pull both I am not a common laborer. We all pull and carry heavy weights when necessary. I am a specialist, and I must have 50 dollars for the two of us. Billy, you haven't said anything. I've been too amazed. Do you agree we can struggle along without him? I think so. Chardonnay, you're fired. You have until noon to get your gear out of the fort. But
2: but, but, but what will you do when you reach Shoshone country? Use
0: sign language. Now get out of here. Believe he's so important he can dictate to us? Either that or La Roche paid him to do it. That could be an act of harassment, something to make our progress just a little bit more difficult. Who is it? Uh, Salabono Come in. <laughs> I'm back. So we see. Uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I wish to say that, uh, well, I, I spoke to eh? Heedlessly. Oh, I cannot take my wife out into this cold. I wish to remain. man. Very well. But if pulling or towing or heavy lifting is called for, you will do your share. Yes. More than my share. We're taking you back because of your wife. Because of Succa Dewey? We don't want her out in the cold. <laughs> January gave way to February, and the fort became almost a factory of preparations for spring. In contrast to Moses Reed, the sullen-acting convicted deserter, John Newman, discharged for insubordination, worked as eagerly and as hard as any of the men assured of a place in the upriver contingent. Merriweather, I think Newman's trying to make up for his mistake. I know, he has for months. Oh, should we give him a second chance? I don't know, Billy. Neither do I Billy Clark took over direct supervision of the extra boatmen and soldiers, 14 of them, who would take the keel boat and its valuable cargo downriver to St. Louis. Aboard would be all the information we'd collected to date from Mr. Jefferson, as well as specimens of flora and fauna, and the two specimens of disobedience, Reed and Newman. <laughs> In February, a troubled Charbonneau brought Sacagawea to us. She was undergoing labor pains. Although Meriwether and I had had considerable practical experience in medicine, this would be our first attempt at obstetrics. Sacagawea was long hours in labor, and we began to worry about losing her until George Drouillard recalled an old Indian method of bringing on the birth. In the village, we secured gravels from the tail of a diamondback, pulverized them into a powder. With some skepticism, I mixed the powder in water and gave it to Sacagawea to a drink. And within ten minutes, she delivered the child. Here, yeah, look at him, Sacagawea. Him, Sacagawea. Oh,
3: <laughs> boy!
0: Sacagawea named the boy Baptiste. Billy immediately fond of the bright-eyed little fellow, nicknamed him Pompey because he was such a soldier about getting born. And then winter began to soften into spring. The ice broke up. Noisy formations of birds began to fly north. On a gray day in March, we gathered on the bank of the river for the departure of the keelboat. A number of the Mandans came to watch. Also the who took in everything with the greatest of interest. Then John Newman leaped out of the boat and came to us.
4: Captain Lewis?
0: Captain Clark? uh, I'm sorry. I I tried to show you how I felt. We know, Newman. I want to go on with you. Please, sir. We're going into the unknown. We can't be sure of what we'll have to face. A man who cracked under strain once could do so again. I'm sorry. We can't take it. But, Captain... You heard the order now, back in the boat. Yes, sir. That was a hard decision to make, Merriweather. There's so much a stake I had to turn him down. Well, you were right. In another week, we had loaded our boats and were poised on the riverbank for our start. Black Cat and several Mandans came to bid us goodbye. You will return? Yes, Black Cat. A year, perhaps less. My people are sad. That means we are friends. Good fortune go with you. Thank you. All set, Merriweather. Men, we are about to penetrate unexplored country of at least 2,000 miles in width. Let's get on with it.
2: have been listening to Horizons West, the continued story of the Lewis and Clark Expedition. Chapter 3, Dakota Winter, starred Harry Bartell as Meriwether Lewis and John Anderson as William Clark. Featured in the cast were Sebastian Cabot, Ellen Gerald, Bill Keene, Cliff Holland, Howard Culver, and John Cedar. Our story was written by Carl A. and William Tunberg and directed by William Lally. Sound patterns by Gene Twombly. Michael Rice speaking.
1: I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Check out the show notes at otrwesterns.com. Send me an email, podcast at otrwesterns.com. Call email, voicemail, 707 otrdw Again, that's 707-986-8739. You look for me on Twitter at otrwesterns and Facebook, facebook.com slash otrwesterns. Until the next show, have a great day, and thanks for listening.